Hey, universe! I'm home! Yeah! And boy, do you know what that means. Hell yeah! It's tab time! And it's Saturday morning. Is there a cereal bowl I can grab? Some milk? Watch some cartoons? Oh, probably not, because... Well, it's currently 9.34. In the AM... Wait, it's only... It's 9.33! Sweet! I looked at my other wrong clock. But, <clears throat> now that I've gotten my entire bearing corrected, all I want to say is... Oh, God, I hate being in my parents' basement! What a terrible place to be. No wonder there's so much talk about people that won't leave them. Pause. Oh yes, purworthy indeed. All right, <clears throat> that was a little uh, the Blue Dream Sugar Jam. So off to better dreams do we go? Okay, <clears throat> a couple things I was going to try to knock out today were some things I don't know if I've ever really discussed. Um, and that is, well, okay, I'm currently in a situation with somebody who I've dubbed my arch nemesis, the guardian angel, um, making me the main protagonist in this avant-garde comic book. And I would then be the, uh, conflator, self-inflator. I can't remember what it was describing myself though, as somebody who so easily gets a bigger opinion of themselves than they deserve, but they're incredibly off-putting to be around. That's who I am. So, in this admittedly failed project of comic book lore, um, the Guardian Angel is uh, someone who the uh, confabulator, self-confabulator, Anyway, the, um, should we call them the, I don't know, I'm working on that, the Fullmeister. Um, <clears throat> if you are looking for odd things in life, for me, I can put these, this on the list, and that is having a dream about somebody who you meet in real life, but you don't know them until you see them in real life and realize, oh, wait, I've dreamt about you, but you've never met them before. And this has happened to me twice. Once with my nemesis, the guardian angel. And the thing I don't think I've ever really spoken about, because I don't know if I've spoken to anyone about it, this one, is the other one. And the other one is a woman that got hired at my digital advertising agency. And uh, her name, which I'm going to use a pseudonym, but this is close enough. Uh, uh, no, that's somebody I actually know. Can I use Becky Blaze here? All right. We'll go with her real name, because because it's not a real name. Listen, okay. Anna Ash 
is somebody I worked with at my digital advertising agency. And Anna Ash is somebody who I had a precognitive dream about in a rather pedestrian fashion. And the precognitive dream was about getting something done. Like we had, we were, we had just met a deadline that neither one of us could believe we had accomplished. And, and that was the dream. It was never anything more than, but, but there would be times when it would be like, we'd be coming back from lunch late and thus had to throw ourselves into the project to finish it. But we always got it done. Always by the, the hair on our chinny chin chin. But satisfyingly. And I had this dream maybe, I don't know, three, four years. You know, off and on. I'd have this sort of finished line dream. And she was the character in it. But she was blonde <clears throat> in my dream. And Anna Ash is very much brunette. The one that I worked with. So... When um, when we're working together, I I never put together that she's the woman in the dream. I, it took me until I literally quit, and I didn't quit. God, did I quit that same month? Maybe. Here's the thing. Anna always was rather inappropriate with me, like attractive inappropriate, and nothing ever happened. But Anna was like, would make some comments that were just like, Jesus, Anna, don't say shit like that. That was, because Anna was a good-looking woman, for sure. And at this point in time, I was still very much into dating good-looking women. So, why nothing happened, I can't even really say. But somewhere, this is where my work people, you don't, you don't sleep with work people, kicked in. And um, so I never, never did anything with Anna. But the last month I was there, we went to some uh, event at the, at, Pepsi Center as an office and Anna got a little drunk and with her boyfriend standing right next to her basically came on to me and asked me to come home with her and her boyfriend's even like Anna do you know what you're saying right now she's like I know exactly what I'm saying right now and even my my partner's standing there too and he's like what the fuck Anna <laughs> and I'm like seriously Anna this isn't cool so this was the kind of inappropriate she could be and I never gave in to the temptation that she offered rather blatantly. All just as a point of emphasis to say, it's not like I didn't get enough of a familiarity with Anna to have the connection that she was the, uh, the person in the dream. But then <clears throat> when I came into the office the next week, she had this, I don't know, folder filled with old photos and I was like hey got any kid, kid photos and she's, she said no but I've got one with my natural hair color I was like what do you mean natural hair color she's like I'm not a brunette and she shows me this picture of herself as a blonde and I'm like oh, holy fuck it's, it's her that's who you are you're the blonde in my dream like it took me and it was it was as soon as I looked at the photo I'm like you're showing me the girl from my dream. And when you look at her as a brunette, she's a completely different looking person. 
stunningly different. And so then uh, there was another feature that was in the dream occasionally. And this was just a, a, a part of the dream where the dream itself, Anna Ash, had told me that's not my real name, but it sounds cool. Really. And so I'm, as the dream Anna Ash character is now being presented to me, one of the things I know about Anna is that she changed her name for protection. Like it had never, it had never crossed my mind that this person was the character I dreamt about until I put the blonde wig on her or whatever. You know, when she showed me the blonde photo, I was like, oh, holy shit. So, <clears throat> and I lost touch with her almost right then and, ne and never brought it up ever to anybody else either. And I almost brought it up to my partner one time, just hoping he would bring it up to her so she would get in touch. Then I'm like, no, no. And, and that was the one that was easy enough to still write off and think it might not have been her. You know, it might not have been her. I could even do it with my current nemesis. Until you see that face in the dream that you've been saying is the reason you can justify writing off that it potentially is somebody else. But then once the face in the dream shows up, you're like, nope, two. It's like as soon as I saw the picture of her as a blonde, I was like, oh, that's you. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't, you can't be wrong on these. And these are the only two I have that I know of where I've had a persistent dream character who shows up in my life after dreaming about them. And the weird thing about the Anna dream is it was always a really good dream. Like, we both knew we kicked ass. You know what I mean? We, like, fucking nailed it. Yeah, we may have dilly-dallied to the last second, but we fucking nailed it. That was always the, the tenor of the dream. But what was causing us to fuck around was always different. Well, not always different. Honestly, it was usually drinks at a fucking bar. <laughs> is what it was. And we were chit-chatting, and we'd be like, fuck, we got to get that project done. And then, bam, nail it. So, that's the other, when I say I've had this happen to me twice, that's the other one I've had. And, well, there's more to that story. I forgot about Sonia's part in it. But, there, there's, I'm sure if I went back and were, keeping I, so many times that I want to start a dream journal and, and I did and I would wake up with this commitment to writing everything down but it, it became more upsetting how many elusive moments you have where you have something really that you think is of value but you're not you've already lost it because you, you've already you're already putting value on it or something or I don't even know what or the 3d reality is taking over and it's too late but so instead of using um the morning is a stressful, uh, try to get everything documented that I can. Uh, I keep just paper by the bed so that if I have a really odd dream or get woken out of a sleep in a fucking state that I can write something of lucidity, then I go for that. But 
to try to do it daily or to even try to do it in times when I'm when I'm finding, you know, something racing away from me. It just leads to more stress or to a stress that's unique that I don't need. So I wake up and just try to immerse myself in the memory of where I've been. What where did I go last night? Who did I see last night? Did I learn anything last night? Now, that's not to say that I'll get woken up going, oh, God, I got to the Caves of Wisdom again. That was great. Those things happen, too. But um, unless you're bringing back some sort of lucid exploration of the pyramids on the Giza Plateau, the detail is going to disappear before you can get it down anyhow. So you might as well just take the ones that are in bold letters crossing your brain with all the resonance of a good night's sleep and get those down clearly when you have them. Then chase everything that's lucid that you go through in the night. I think. Or maybe I've just developed no technique to get to those other lucid uh, memories with enough um, capture <clears throat> versus loss to make them worth chasing. I like just having them flitter away almost as the day begins. So, my technique, not yours. Well, maybe that is your technique. Who are you? Are you? Do you use that technique when you lose a dream? That's what I use. Alright, um, so, another thing that's odd about spending basically five straight days with my folks is how little they really know about my routines. Like, they're always shocked that I'm up doing shit, getting this done or today I got up and shoveled their walk and their neighbor's walk for them because I know she's even older than they are so it's like well, what the fuck do you guys do I thought you were these champions of getting stuff around your house done you know what I see a bunch of people watching tv and going to get something else to drink except my dad he does for an 84 year old dude he does something uh craft or house oriented every day it seems like and he never wants my help so Good for him. Way to stay busy. I think if you stay busy in your mind and in your mm, handiwork, at least in a way that you can apply your mind, I think that's one way to stay very, 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 very young until you're very old. But I'm going to find some more weed here to smoke, and then we're going to talk more. So, should I call this a pause break? Yes. Pause. Unpause. Okay. And stop. Okay, I had to uh, check to make sure I wasn't getting flip-flopped by Samsung for my own protection for data reasons only, I'm sure, to keep me in low-resolution mode. But no, there will be no... Uh, I don't even know what that crappy format is. But coming to you in crisp MP3 technology from 2013, I'm guessing. When did the Samsung Galaxy S4 come out? Ah... <sighs> Can anybody answer that off the top of their head without Googling it? If you can, well, you're old. Okay. Like me, I'm old. 54 is old. And that's another thing we haven't been through for a while. I'm 54. I'm single. I've always been single. I've only uh, ever gotten one woman pregnant that I know of. We decided to have an abortion. And... Um, what else? Oh. I'm currently not working, but I probably have to start working again soon because I only have like 600 bucks left. Um, well, that's after I pay next month's bills. 
So once I basically have lived the month of January, I'll be broke. And so that's a little bit of stress, but not enough to cause me to think about it. I'll find a job, or the universe will kick me into some money situation if I need money, like it always does. Um, and I'm going to, once again, for 2024, make as little money as possible to get by. That's all I'm looking for, which means I'm going to make about $15,000. And that's it, unless I have to go somewhere, which may tack another five grand, ten grand onto that. But otherwise, just to live, yeah, 15000 seems about what I need. And that'll get me through 2024. Now, if at the end of 2024, we're still dilly-dallying around like this, well, then I fucked up. I miscalculated. And that means I got to do a bunch of shit to make money. Because I'm going to have to come up with, like, Somewhere between, <clears throat> I don't know, one and one and a half million dollars in the next 18 months. And that's not going to be easy. I mean, it's doable, but it's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be illegal or anything like that either. I just have to have to do some things well that are ready to be done. And then when that's finished, and I have at least a security block of some money, and obviously in that whole process, some resources and, and reserves, things like ammunition. Even if I don't own guns, I might own some ammunition. Um, with all that consideration in place, let's hope none of that really has to happen. But if it does, I already know how that's all going to look. So 2024 is going to be another year of trying to bring myself in front of the other people I'm here to enact with immediately. And that means uh, finding one more person, and I think they're in Vancouver, Canada. So to the Northwest, I feel drawn. To Albuquerque, I feel drawn. And I don't know which way to go first. But I believe that's what 2024 for me will be, is getting to both those places. And since it's shitty weather, well, maybe I should go to Albuquerque. Isn't it supposed to be nicer down there? What do you know, Kitty? You don't know. Okay. Pause. Oh, and I was going to give a quick character sheet on my arch nemesis, the Guardian Angel. And uh, Guardian Angels don't have to be good people, just so we're clear. Um, a lot of times they're not. They're, just, they're here to kick your ass in the right direction. So that's one of the reasons I think this uh, person could be my guardian angel. Because definitely got an ass kicking from this person. And then two, well, guardian angel isn't necessarily here in the capacity of making sure you don't fall off a cliff while you're running around in the wheat fields playing tag with all the other kids. Well, not at all, in fact. Um, uh... Yeah, they're they're um, they're seasoned souls, as it were. In fact, what I'm pretty sure my nemesis situation is trapped here in the thousand cycles, because I think 
in a twist of fate that I was supposed to try to remind this person of the greatness they've overlooked in themselves and the limitations on which they're imposing this round of life. It's going to cost them. They're going to be here another thousand cycles. And that's just a waste. I think they got trapped here by mistake the first time. I don't think they even knew it was potentially here. And then the avalanche of water hits planet Earth and bam, all those stranded souls caught here for 10, well, I don't know if it's a thousand or 10,000 cycles, but it's a lot. And you have to keep re-manifesting. Oh, man. Earth. Version. Every fucking time. I don't know how they do it. Without just... I mean, some are karmically trapped here forever. And <clears throat> so I think my arch nemesis is in a position where, I mean, you don't, you don't have your mom say, I wish I'd never given birth to you without having some level of malevolence emerging in your core being. You don't have your kids excommunicate you like, that. you just don't get yourself into the kinds of interpersonal combative arenas but that's what guardian angels do they pound people into the fucking direction that needs to happen for the timeline to move forward they're here for a reason so is it possible <clears throat> sure it's possible possible my sister's my guardian angel they're People in your soul group all over your map. You're going to run into them your entire lifetime. But the ones who are here to fulfill a role are going to get the job done. And if I don't feel like this particular arch nemesis got her job done. Oh, I do think so. Yeah, yeah, they got her job done for sure. Got her job done for sure. Because my life looks... 175 degrees different than it did when I met her. And it's all because of her. So, job well done, no less. Job well done. Job, job, job. Very well done. Go have some tea and brandy or something like we did in the British. Okay, bumpas. Well, we got a page to clear here out of the old cat-stained blood notebook. This one's really bloody and cat-stained. Um, <clears throat> start at the top. My generation were pioneers of basking in the glow of others' glory. I don't think we we're pioneers. That's a little too industrious of a connotation for sitting around in a lawn chair asking if there's more Slurpee. Um, but somebody's got to be the victor. When this... When all of our humanity ascends to the point that we actually get how to treat each other and live in harmony with abundance on a planet filled with the opportunity to do so, well, wouldn't you think that, that the ones who come next can just kind of hang out in lawn chairs and ask if there's more Slurpee? I wouldn't have a problem with that. In other words, there's got to be at some point some people who are just 
here at the right time, ready to enjoy the ride because we figured it out. And now this is what you get. Perfect society. So I don't begrudge, nor do I even want to feel guilty that those people are I hopefully imminent. If they're not coming, well, then then what are we up to? What 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 are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And then there's the, this was not our fault. We were thrown in like guinea pigs into, into this catastrophe, and it's not our fault. Okay, I agree with all the people who got thrown into the, uh, the social experiment. It was worldwide communication, internet, social apps, all that shit. Without anybody thinking about, well, what will this do to life generally? Yeah, nobody thought about that whatsoever. Well, nobody was going to stop it. So then things like memes become conversational. The written word, the actual textile book page turning experience starts to disappear. Even my dad's using an electronic book now. So you're thrust into a position of this is the new way we play. And isn't it great? And you have no framework on which to say, I don't know because this is all I've been shown. And so far, teen suicide rates are up. Teen drug use is, well, no, it's down, actually. There are ways in which you can now feel lonelier than ever in a world that's more connected than I thought it could ever become. And that's... I think as sad a statement as I can make about what technology can do for the wrong end of the stick. And it, even for those whose tallies for attention are met with legitimate and uh, deserved accolades from those who can recognize achievement and overall uh, progress in an industry or, or thought development vector that has meaning and, 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 and potential for wider range humanity's growth. Yeah, I, I, I know those, those moments exist, but those moments didn't have to be mined because that's what moments in real life when colleagues interacted and ascended to new plateaus, that's, that's what they were. They couldn't be anything else. And now everything is produced. Everything is branded. Everything is about image and veneer instead of heart and integrity. And it's a it's a sad change. Pause. Even if you win this game, you don't win. You come up hollow, too. Okay. Uh, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> All right. And it's not that memes aren't across culture from essentially mass media distribution forward. Once you could capture the entire uh, consciousness of the country with a single quip or image, memes were were there. But... As we have become such an 
image-driven society, memes are where the clever and, and disenfranchised live. Rightly so, but it's just a, a shift of how the world is presented versus how you react and thus throw your own opinion right back at it. Uh, okay. Shit's getting riskier. Um, online. No. Shit's getting riskier. Uh, I don't know what I meant by that, but shit's not getting riskier. In fact, I would say we live in the safest times of all time. The amount of uh, scare media that you're exposed to is insane, but in no way reflective of the society you live in. So fall for it, you can, or realize it's all concoction and move away from it, you will. But shit's not getting riskier. Shit's not getting more dangerous. Shit's not getting more threatening. Shit's safer than it's ever been. Pause. And that's even with all the mass shooting weirdos. Um, but again, you want to get people guns that are capable of mass shootings, and guess what? You'll see people execute mass shootings. So, I, I don't know where the math here is even challenging. I've always seen it simply. Okay, one thing I have on here that I haven't addressed in a bit is my lack of uh, belief in intellectual uh, property. And for instance, this whole slew of recording uh, attempts I've made, none of this am I monetizing, nor would I ever monetize for any reason. There's no monetized capacity to it. I haven't set out to tell you something and then delivered on telling you that thing and you having come seeking that knowledge now have gained something and thus have decided to give me dollars. Nothing of the kind. I'm just spouting out shit that makes me beclamped and trying to reason through it in a way that is genuine. And in so doing, showing you that I love myself, that you should love yourself, that I don't think you do love yourself entirely... And I'm not being critical of you. I'm just saying that as much as you say, but I do love myself, I say, there's room for more. You can do better. Here's one place in your life you can improve. And that's in how much you love yourself. And then you think, well, that's just fucking dumb, stupid, even frankly offensive. Because how do you know how much I love myself, mister? And I say to you, I get it. I get it. I felt the same way. And... Ten years couldn't have even said these words. Which isn't to say that I'm trying to convince you there's some late-stage epiphany that I can sell you on that make your life all better. No, fuck. The only thing I can tell you that'll make your life better is to go make your life better. You like that? Now, send me 50 bucks. <laughs> so, there's your advice. Worth 50 bucks. Go make your own life better. But I mean that. What the fuck else? Nobody else is going to do it for you. How is he going to get your life on track? You're feeling disenchanted or lost or like you married the wrong guy or you're having an affair with the wrong woman or you're doing the wrong boss or you're whatever. Whatever mistakes you might be making. Well, 
You're the ones that's going to correct them. Nobody else. No genie's going to come down and save you. That savior concept, the whole messiah complex, the whole, and yeah, I get the messiah complex doesn't work in reverse like this, but wanting to be babysat, to have somebody come down here and figure it all out, why you got it all fucked up, why it's all not what it should have been, what you wanted it to be, yada yada. Well, again, you're the one going to fix it. Now send me 50 bucks. <laughs> so, um, uh, the way that you can get through that the easiest is to realize that there are ways that, even if it's subconsciously or in a little corrosive manner, that you don't love yourself fully. So, my advice, figure what those little corrosive or large volcanic eruptions of self-loathing, self disappointment, self, blah, in your life are, and jettison the fuck out of your life, a little bit at a time, it's hard to get rid of your self-loathing, we're trained to do it, we're trained to do it well, in fact, the reason that your knee-jerk reaction to me telling you that you don't love yourself enough, is because, fuck you, yeah, of course I do, or I wouldn't be here. Uh, okay, that's not good enough. If you love yourself, you just know it. You can feel it. You don't, it, it's the same unconditional love that you give everything else in the universe. Like puppies or kids. But never yourself. Okay, yeah, yeah, but that's because I know myself 100%. Like nobody else. You get what I'm saying? Like I know myself a thousand percent. So you can talk about self-love over there, buddy, but I guarantee you there's some parts of yourself that you fucking don't love. You won't even admit it. <clears throat> okay, but I do admit it. I really do. I, I don't think in any way we're perfect. I'm taking care of a cat that should have been down a year ago. I have poorly handled my situation with this cat to the point that I do not love how that's gone down. And I'm her owner and solely in charge, so it's 100% on me. That's not the same as loving oneself. This situation is teaching me a couple of lessons of, of necessary, the necessary kind as a pet owner. I will not deny that. And the amount of love I give my animal is not a reflection of any level of guilt or... Um, unsteadiness toward how we're handling each other now but my self-love is not conditional to anything I'm doing in the universe it can't be taken away from me nor can it be accelerated or amplified or diminished it is and it's complete always so even if I found myself in the position of having an atrocious action occurring under my hand, I'd still love myself. And I'd do it with all and every unconditional box checked because nothing can take it away once you have it. And I think ultimately that's what you're here on earth to do. 
is to learn to love yourself without restraint, completely, the entire you, the one you're going to carry into every other experience you ever have. It won't be perfect ever, but it's never going to be anything but you, so you better learn to love yourself. Pause. All right, all right. Uh, No, you know what, though? We definitely need another dab for this round because we're going to finish with uh, nine things I'm terrible at. Pause. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, and his name is Divine Intervention, and he comes in a little pillbox-sized childproof container that contains kitchen sink live resin. And, yes, the children were happy. Just catch and sing, motherfucker. <sighs> God, I love that weed. Enough to share it with you three times. You, whoever you are that's silly enough to still be listening to this, I apologize, but... I tell you early, stop listening, go do something better with your life. Anything active in your own life is something better in your own life. In case I was not clear what better in your own life looks like, that's what it looks like. Now we're clear. And since we're clear, I never like to toot my own horn. But sometimes when I make a list of nine things I'm terrible at, well, I think sometimes that I nail it. But this is um, a list for myself because I've said this one time on my recordings maybe six months ago and let's see if I've gotten any better at any of these because uh, if I had to guess, probably not. Number nine, I am terrible at leaving without forgetting something. Yep. Yep. I, okay. And what, what's worse is this isn't so much a problem now at home, but boy, was it a problem at work or at my parents' house or wherever the fuck I've been. If I go somewhere, leaving that place without forgetting something, I'm a nightmare. I'm a nightmare. So, there you go. That's point number one, and one that I agree has probably gotten worse. But maybe if not working will help, because then I don't have to leave all that shit at work that I couldn't find. Okay. Here is the converse of this, I guess. And that is getting somewhere, like the store, and remembering why the fuck I'm there. I've flat out never remembered at some points where I get there and it's just like, nope, it's not going to come to me. I don't know what I came here to get. So I get all the way home and finally realize, God damn, I went to get Pine Sol. Not that I would ever go buy Pine Sol, but you know what I'm saying? Like, That has happened to me enough that I have to admit I'm terrible at getting someplace and forgetting why I even came there. Uh, Number seven, cleaning the litter box. There's something I've actually improved as I give myself credit for already having cleaned the litter box today. Both litter boxes. Going to a double litter box system. Mm Mm-hmm. Making improvements there have been I. Number six, drinking alcohol. Oh, I hate that this is on the list because I do enjoy a good beer or two. 
but I'm a terrible drinker. So yeah, I think I'm done with alcohol for good. I can get just as much out of a social engagement where I'm allowed to smoke weed as anything where I was allowed to drink alcohol. So the new paradigm now is bring a vaporizer and order a Diet Coke. <laughs> and I'm by far not the only person doing it. The only thing I feel bad about is there's no patronage reimbursement. You, your total bill at the end of the night is five bucks. And that's with tip. So if that's the kind of customer I've become, well, that disappoints me. But I'm still the kind of weed smoker that needs a dab halfway through his list, so pause. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we like at the kitchen sink. Okay. Number four. I mean, number five. Wait, why do I flip-flop these? Okay, number five. Owning earbuds. Uh, I, I, I imagine there are people out there that might be my, my uh, parallel. Maybe even a couple out there that are worse than I. Me? In my life, I have restricted myself to buying only earbuds in bulk because I lose them religiously. Now, knock on JLab Signature Plastic Case number 48. They've been around a while. So have those. That means, of course, they won't be here by the new year, but that's my fault for jinxing myself. But earbuds, owning earbuds, I'm the worst. I would never buy myself a $70 pair of earbuds. They would, I would lose them within, what, 70 hours, 70 days, what would it be? It'd be one of the two. So no, owning earbuds is something that there is great room for improvement or else maybe I should just 86 them from my life entirely. Number four. I'm terrible at remembering your name. You know, God damn if I haven't gotten a hell of a lot better at this. As evidenced by my entire experience going through the car wash of what the fuck's wrong with your face, man? At the hospital just now. So, yeah, I'm going to say that's the one I can with absolute 100% conviction say I've improved. I even know your name. Right, Leon? Yeah. Only one Leon listening, so... Hello, Leon. Um, I am terrible at losing my shit. And this isn't like blowing up at people and getting all inappropriately angry or anything like that. No, this is like dropping shit out of my pockets <laughs> or losing shit that I thought was in my jacket, cash, um, groceries. I'm currently right now missing four bottles of Powerade. I don't know where I put them, but I've lost a thousand dollars in cash, 1100 actually, um, while riding in a taxi cab. Got into the cabin with the money, got out of the cab without it, and in the process, knew I'd lost it in the cab. Ransacked the cab, never found the money. I lost my keys coming from my back parking lot to my back door, which is about a 30-foot sidewalk. I have never found those keys. I obviously got home because I had them to get home. I had to have. And now I try to get into my door, and I don't have them. So I keep looking back and forth where I could have dropped them. Never found those keys. Never found those keys. So 
I can lose shit in ways that is mind-boggling. And, you know, yeah, you can tell me the taxi driver found my fucking money while he was trying to help me look and just decided to keep it. I'm fine with that. You know, I've been robbed by a, capsi- by a taxi driver then. I mean, is that my story? Um, and that's just one of my cash stories that are almost unbelievable. Hell, there's, uh, in theory, three quarters of an ounce of weed in my house somewhere in a baggie that's never been found. Um, and what else has been, what's, uh, yeah, $700 in cash somewhere in my house, in theory. Um, but you know, I went through the little years, so who knows what's in my house that's missing that's gone forever. And so losing my shit is something I am terrible at. I'm currently, don't know where my keys are right now. No idea. And they've been missing a week. Okay. Number two. I am terrible at getting my trash out on trash day. Which is stupid. Because it's just like 30 feet from the fence to the end of the garage. And I could just leave it out at the end of the garage if I wanted to. I just don't want to because it feels like that's lazy to leave this huge trash can out there. We used to have dumpsters in our alleys. There were like five in every alley. You just walked all your trash up to the nearest dumpster or the one that wasn't full, put your shit in it, and you walked away, no matter what you were doing. Leaves, that's how you handled your leaves. Uh, Your uh, large item pickup was the same routine it is now, except they came more often. But you put your shit out just like you do now. So that hasn't changed. It's just become less frequent. And so... When I think of what the alleys used to be, they used to be a place where, because there was a containment of everyone's major trash in five basic receptacles, it was pretty clean. And now there's individual cans that are blowing shit all over the alley. I mean, it's just, it's, when it, when it goes private, you have to have users and generate revenue therein, or you're not a business model that can be sold to Detroit and then to Dallas, and after that, maybe Dover. So, with my uh, failure to get trash out on trash day, because until 10, 12 years ago, you didn't even have to do it. You just had to get your shit to the dumpster. That was it. And if it happened to be the day before the dumpsters were getting dumped, well, yeah, you might be fucked, because everybody else has already filled the dumpsters. But so what? Learn your lesson. Plus, they'll be empty tomorrow, so do do your trash tomorrow. I don't know, you just figured out easier solutions by far in the system that already existed and then in the one it's progressed to. Doesn't that feel familiar? Pause. All right. And that brings us to the number one thing I'm terrible at. And that is ceasing all thoughts that I'm better than, smarter than, more important than, more deserving than, more ascendant than yada yada anybody else on the planet. Sometimes I hear this creep into my conversational tone too much. I usually mean it in a playful way, but I think there are times when I mean it in a this better pay off way. I hear that. And that's a terrible thing to hear in your voice. There's a level of 
hubris and that ego that makes me shudder. So, I'm never better than anybody else. I'm just doing this the best I can. Trying to figure it out on the way. And for anybody against whom I might have transgressed, of course, I couldn't feel worse about leaving that impression. So then why do I take pot shots at my arch nemesis, the guardian angel, in this here recording? Um, It's hard to, it's going to be hard to love the guardian angel again with the complete openness of my humanity and heart. Or I've never really been transgressed against like that. So that lesson obviously might be the whole point of her interaction in my timeline to remind me that that lesson isn't a lesson. That's in fact a law of nature. <clears throat> 